Hello, and welcome to the die presented by low chairs and late starts. Not that late. We're starting pretty normal, pretty yeah. normal time. Just low chairs. Just low Only chairs. presented by low chairs and low mics. How about that? And low mics. Because we have raise to raise that one up. For reasons, let's raise our chairs. This is season six, episode 25. 25. Um, we had a lot of good answers from fans about the runner-ups for the funniest for play. the first split you will diveies for the first split you will diveies bunch of <laughs> input annual, for, for for the funniest plays. <laughs> um, FlyQuest versus EG Jose going in on Wukong and just dying. That one to me was. Kind of funny, but more in like a like you feel bad for him kind of way because like you don't know what else you to could do, see so you laugh because because you yeah because you like you see it Stop and you're like oh he really thought he was gonna win here like he's going in you know you're like ah I've had oh, that uh, moment I don't before. know what this guy was thinking that was weird ha <laughs> <laughs> and then inspired that wasn't just, even close inspired just turns around and bonks him on the head yeah that yeah. was funny yeah that it it was it's funny not really for Jose but yeah. it was definitely for funny. everybody else for that everybody was a laugh else. at you rather than yeah. laugh with you yeah play. they weren't laughing with I mean especially because he's just like he sees them they're both full <laughs> he straight up flashes on his ass he's like oh you're going down it's not even close and Inspired emotes him early too. Yeah, <laughs> it was a struggle. Uh, another one that someone submitted was Hundred Thieves versus EG Closer Juking Inspired in the Brush. I'm pretty sure that was just a cool play. Yeah, no, no, that was funny. I don't think it was cool because it's it's more funny now. Well, okay, it was cool. It was. A, I'll, it was, I'll a, take it was that one back. of the big big brain kind of juke. Play. But what made it more funny is that Wukong has been updated, so the clone doesn't even s stop anymore. It the attacked. clone doesn't just yeah. stand there. The clone will auto attack you, and so then it's, people are still getting juked. You can tell that they're, they're still used to the old clone, and everyone just has that like hardwired into them. If you see Wukong stop, oh, it must be the clone, clone. or whatever. Yep. But the real the the clone nowadays will auto attack you, and so he still got juked, and he got like jumped over, and it actually resulted in an escape. Those are those are really funny because those are the peak moments of the like short clips that you'll see when someone like flashes the wrong way into yeah. a brush, when and then they're that, like, "That was actually wild." You did MSI, right? What? Yeah, there was one Baker of those. That, I think yeah, they, like someone, he looked like he was gonna flash a wall. He like walked up to the wall like he was gonna flash it, and then he flashed, flashed back into, into a bush. the brush. People have done people have done a lot of yeah, those. But yeah, there was there was one of those at MSI. Yeah, yeah, we've had we've had some uh, even this year and in LCS. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely super super fun when people do that. Um, we got some other submissions. I actually think uh, so. There was Fudge Tiger level one or whatever. Was it level one or level two? I can't remember. But it was just, it was level one because he, he had he had like you know your kale. You have lethal tempo going. You it was have, not you, level one. What was it? Level one all in. Such I don't one remember. Him? I'm pretty sure it was level one. He just had E, if I'm not mistaken. No, nah, he had he had the execute thing. That is E. Okay. Um, e is the auto attack reset. Yeah, auto attack reset auto gives you range. Gives you, you have lethal execute. tempo. You, you win level one against Sejuani, I think, if you play it well. But then he just kept running forward through creeps and like but everything. Well, yeah. I don't think you win like really any all in as Kale level one. You can Maybe win if you some. take Ignite. Some, yeah. There are some Kale one tricks that take Ignite and actually do go for stuff like that. But in, in this case, he was not remotely close. No. <laughs> and, <laughs> he was like 200 health yeah, off. And it still was running way off. Forward. I don't even think the Sejuani actually needed to Ignite him to win. But like the Sejuani had Ignite anyway. He was so. like, I don't know what else. It's like you think you're getting bamboozled. So you're like, I'm going to throw everything at this guy. <laughs> I guess I'll Ignite him because maybe there's something I don't know. Yeah. So the first one and this third one are both just ints. It's laughing at. They're just no, but they yeah, but they're just clearly they're like the same style of play where the person really believes, all right, I'm gonna kill this person, and they just I think it also is like it's a relatable kind of humor. Like mm. all of us have done that play. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah. see a pro do it, there's a little bit of bronze in everyone. And when you get to see it peek out in the pro match, you're like, oh yeah, they are human. Exactly. It's like um was it Caria this last week that got like a Baron steal with Yumi ult? Or something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, <laughs> it, happened, it happens to the pros too. You lost your Baron to a Yumi alt. Um, so stuff like that could definitely give you that kind of satisfying feel. I actually think the funniest play of the split, and maybe it wasn't funniest play, maybe it's funniest moment or whatever. Um, but like that, I can't even remember, who was this Talia wall against? But I was casting with Freak. And there's this Talia wall. I think it was CLG. It was against CLG. It was against CLG. And was it was it like Takui did or something? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but they, it was someone tweeted this to me. And uh, it was this Talia wall that's a zoning wall for Baron. And Freak just 
pops off about this Toledo wall. The Toledo wall! Well, block the, you know, block the, and it's an entire team of people with dash. And I'm like, freak, they're just going to go over it. They all fly up to the wall, like Lucian dash over, like Aatrox E over. Uh, just everyone gets over it. It does absolutely nothing. It was so funny. And then the observers replay it and do like the slow-mo Toledo wall coming out and everyone just scooting over it. <laughs> I think four out of five of the players had a dash and immediately went past it after Freak just absolutely popped off about this Toledo wall. I like that though. We should do that more often. Pop off about things that are about to like get completely overdone. Mm-hmm. Can't think of another example in my head right now. Just. We do that sometimes when the game is like clearly over. Yeah, um, like and, a one and, random and super kill. one-sided. Yeah, then we'll start talking. We're like pushing minions type of uh, or like oh they got their they got their wolves when they're like pushing yep. their base between they're getting their baron yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the good wolves for baron trade uh appreciated everyone's comments and got a lot of cool suggestions as well for things that we could do next time some people wanted us to do all all like tuxedo divies and i want to do that awards and yeah. stuff so uh we'll see we have a lot of ideas a lot of people sent some great suggestions so we, i'm excited for the next them up every for time, the next actually. divies yeah, one dude, can be really piratey, pirate themed <laughs> We're just gonna have a costume party every split. I like oh, that's it. Great. I have I'm great. I love producers. Right? Do you have an extra couple thousand dollars every split for costumes and props? Yeah, let's do a, a Rolex themed divies. That would really be funny. <laughs> then we're just gonna buy us all Rolex. We get sponsors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants to sponsor the split you old divy? We're like, yeah. hmm, I, I need some new shoes today. Uh, we should do, you know, uh, Puma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, all right, all pro discussion. We got, uh, oh, my thing just got signed me out. Um, well, all pro, all pro awards just actually came out. We obviously in the last episode talked about who we thought were gonna, um, you know, we're gonna be the winners. But there were some surprises in there and there was a fair bit of community discussion about like, oh, you know, who should have actually won and not so on. Yeah, I think uh, there, were, there were two kind of like big, the two biggest conversations. And one was also a carryover from EU where four of the five first pro all teams were from the best team in the split. And uh, I think for some people, that's a little surprising. And maybe that you it's hard to believe that four of the five best in their position are all on the same team when they only finish one game better than their opposition. Or I think for even uh, Mad Lions. They didn't even finish yeah. first. Yeah, there was, there was ties and stuff. So like, you know, in competitive splits to have that. And then the other thing that a lot of people were upset about was like name value picks that people thought were having underperforming splits like Core JJ, Bjergsen, whoever. Um, you know, there were a lot of people that... Those were the, the biggest discussions around... You know, who was snubbed, who wasn't. You know, we talked about CLG players not getting on. Takoy was kind of the only one who had that kind of sneak in from a team that was not on the top three. For the from four Berserker, of, I should stand correct. It was also from not top three. For the four out of five thing as well, it also happened for LCK. Um, it was uh, everyone except Canyon, I believe, was for the for T, from T1. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely is a really common theme. Um, and, I, and I do think there's like some merit to... To saying like, okay, the teams are maybe players are getting a little bit more overrated. It is definitely something that we talk about a lot with just like, it's way easier to look good on a good team, right? When your team is always winning, your mistakes get covered up. Like you make a mistake early game in lane while your team is winning bot side. So they just like roam up top and three men dive this guy. And now the snake doesn't matter anymore. And you can still snowball the game. So people are are more remembering like the result than, than how they got there sometimes, which I do think affects it. Um, I would say it felt less weird with EG uh, because EG was so dominant. I was surprised that JoJo got first team though um, because I didn't think he had like as amazing of like an individual split. Uh, but, it, but it is really, really a common theme everywhere around the world. Yeah, I, and uh, Abadaga wasn't even on there. I, that I know, weird to me. I know a lot of people, I think it's just because a lot of voters remember the first two weeks where everyone is flaming him because he is admittedly, you know, having some very bad games. But I think that blew up more in people's minds, uh, and they never kind of moved past that. Uh, I, I, it's, it's the same theme for me with like hundred thieves having a lot of being underrated for a lot of uh, a lot of the split, despite you know being you know, second place team. Uh, mid lane was especially funny to me though too because the day after they came out Powell Fox came into Discord and he was like oh so you didn't vote for me huh you voted for Wong but not me what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> I was like uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> no no comment <laughs> it's funny sorry bro you, you didn't need it <laughs> yeah oh god I, the mid lane was the most contentious of, of the all pros in the sense that Jojo had the least of the first team at 87 points compared yeah. to the most was 
inspired at 127. Borderline, I think there's one person. There was one him. media person who who put him third team and every single other voter put him first team. That could, because technically, of yeah. course, the EG staff yeah. can't. But yeah, so like he was almost unanimous. Um, but, you know, mid lane was a lot closer to your point. Um, and I do feel like EG, it's a team that feels easier for me to to agree with some of them. Like uh, Danny, I, I actually put Berserker over Danny. Um, and if you looked at... Uh, pro player votes because I always like to like break up the sections about like who's voting for what because it does sometimes get washed away in the mix of all these people and that's why you have all the different voting groups but certain people have certain things and if you did just pro player and coach votes it would have been entirely EG first team <laughs> so it's like okay I feel a little less bad if, if like you know the people who are playing against them are also like yeah they're all smurfs uh, but the one that would have been tied would have been berserker being tied with the same amount of first team all pro votes uh, as Danny yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that's cool that, you know, Berserker was getting a lot of props on a struggling C9 team. Um, yeah. So Absolutely. I think I saw someone broke that down. You guys were talking about it in waiting room, right? I think I saw like a picture of it. Maybe you weren't on that I day. I was not but, that day, but, but yeah. I think there was someone had broken it out in like riot votes. Yep. Yeah, they Pro did. coach votes, media votes, and it was like split up. So it is interesting to see the, the differences, right? Uh, and that's something that we talk about is that generally pro and coach votes are going to be much more reliant on scrims. Right where we're voting much more off of of what we see on stage. Um, sometimes that really aligns. Sometimes it, there can be some differences um, because the reality is a lot of the pros and stuff and the coaches like aren't even watching all the LCS games. Right, like they watch the games while they wait in the in the studio before their games. Um, but then largely they're they're scrimming. They're watching like all that all their VOD reviews and all that sort of stuff. Right, but it's it's not like they're watching every single LCS game and they play against these people all the time. So they're very heavily influenced by you know what what happens in practice. Um, and for us, I mean, we don't, we don't get to watch those. We don't get to watch those. And we also don't even get to really watch their games as closely as they do when they're playing them. Like the camera bounces around, you know, we play without fog of war on basically when we're casting, you know, yep. like the perception, anyone can experience this, you know, like the difference between playing league and watching league is night and day when like someone leaves your lane. <laughs> if, if you're in God mode, you're like, oh yeah, he's just going and doing this little thing in the river. It's not really important, but for the enemy team, you're like, is he mid? Is he going mid? Where's he? You know, yeah. that stuff suddenly feels so much more impactful. And so like the, the feel that you get from playing against some players is drastically different than like, he had a five CS lead. It was like good, but then like you play against me, it's like, oh my God, he's contesting every Suffocating. CS. Yeah, exactly. So, that's that's something I really miss about doing uh, it with Lane Kingdom was also sometimes like getting like watching a lot of the individual one v one matchups and seeing the way that people created leads because sometimes you'd see someone get into a really big lead and you'd be like oh my god this guy must have absolutely like turbo stomped him right and maybe they did something really incredible and that's really fun to highlight or maybe their their opponent just like had a really bad game right and just like missed a bunch of CS and that's why they're up twenty CS like they didn't <laughs> even really do anything to create it and that happens too right so it, it is fun going back because to your point it can be a very very different than like we're watching the, the game as a whole not an individual lane the whole time um, but something that I've been I've been kind of noticing is is this kind of like anti TL phenomenon a little bit like the expectations are really really high for TL obviously and they should be and I think TL has not met the expectations that that they had for themselves and that were set I mean maybe they win summer and whatever and then that story changes um, but like core was obviously you know kind of getting a lot of hate from what I saw um, I know there were some pretty strong reactions to like, you know, um, Bjerg. to Bjergsen being up there, um, you know, to, to a lot of the TL people. And I think it's kind of like done this thing where it's kind of gone full circle of like, everyone expects TL to win really hard. Then they're not winning hearts. And now we're kind of like on the other side where it's like, oh, like they, they, they're terrible. You know, it's like, well, they're not terrible. They're the third best team. Yeah. But they're, they're not as good as we thought. Yeah. I think... Uh... I'm fine with 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 those players still making all pro. Uh, I feel the same. I, you don't go on Reddit. I don't know if you saw the post game one. If either of you saw the post game one thread when they dropped the first game to FlyQuest. Oh, it aged like milk, dude. That thing was so funny to go back into. <laughs> Everyone who's like a TL hater was in that thread. Like, oh my god, Philip just got Whippo. Like, what the hell? You know. Three matches later, they <laughs> they got like practically perfect game. It was actually so funny. That series was such such a good bait because it was it was the first game of the series, 
And there were there were a lot of legitimate doubts uh, around Team Liquid, and they got slapped. And so uh, it was uh, it was definitely a nice uh, it was a good peak moment, um, especially for FlyQuest because a lot was around Philip too, and it was like another one of these cool like young North American talent player stories uh, coming through. But then the next yeah. three following games were just so hard slam. I think by it was Team zero Liquid. seventeen was, four for Philip too. Yeah, um, it, it was. It was pretty funny. Yeah, so that was a, it was a funny first game to see all the Team Liquid haters take the bait, come out of the woodwork, and then just TL was just like, whack! Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Definitely, I, I'm i a contrarian at heart. So like, to, I'm at the point now where I'm like, Team Liquid should, I know. should win. I want them to, <laughs> to go undefeated the rest of playoffs. Go on a, But Mark, Team Liquid are so good. Now, have you changed your opinion? Yeah, dude, I hate TL. Yeah, they're bad. They should lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Patch 12-16 came out. Um, it seemed like... From from what I've I've looked at, mostly kind of minor changes. Really, I think they're huge changes. Zary got put in the dirt. Zary is actually dead. Zary's in every Red single. Zary, we can celebrate. Zary dead. <laughs> Zary dead. Also, Yumi got slapped super hard too. To me, this match is actually really big. Um, Udir rework is going to be amazing. That's going to be delayed for uh, pro because it is classified. Um, as a VGU, as a, as a mini rework, uh, or whatever. I don't even know what the I think it's VGU, is, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure update. it's going to be delayed. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you, think, uh, you think Zary's completely dead from these changes? Yes, they a hundred percent, five percent less total AD scaling. They literally said the goal of these changes is to icebox Zary so that we don't have to deal with her until we rework this champion. Hmm. They so. They said that. I had a similar reaction to the Q changes. The W got absolutely slammed because it's thirty yeah. percent AD scaling, twenty mm-hmm. percent AP off of it, and yeah, like the W got big nerfs for sure. Yeah, so like that was some. I mean, in in the series, I forget if it was Luger or Berserker hitting. Hit back I, think, to back I think it was for one he, he hit on Zven. It yeah. was two or three times in a row in the yeah. base, a thousand times, and it was just like, all right, yeah, cool, dude. I don't know why this speed up close range. You know, have to outplay me champions can also poke me for a thousand ton- damage. It's just a Lux all on your W. Yeah, you're just like, okay. So that part's gone. I, I see what you're saying. That like, even if you take that part out of her kit, does she still not play? Because mo- most games, I feel like it, like it is for sure those high moments. Want to make another bet? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like for sure the W is a fat nerf and maybe that does just kill her. Um, but like, yeah, 5%, 5% AD ratio off the Q. I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe people will pick it more selectively, but I wouldn't be shocked if it, if it still gets a, a little bit of play. I think I think she's in the dirt. Um, it, actually, some other really interesting changes too. Buffs to uh, Jason Aurelia. Aurelia is a lot tankier. More ten flat magic resist straight up for the for any of these magic counters. Mm. AP lanes. I think that is actually huge. We can start seeing Aurelia uh, used as a counter pick. We only gotta like. A couple little times into Nar, you know, specifically for players that uh, really like to go for those counter picks, like Dokal or something like that. Um, Jace getting the buffs as well. Um, there's we have a couple of Jace aficionado players that you know might be feeling like they want to start using it again. So the Malphite buffs, though, I think are <coughs> actually are actually pretty decent. Like a couple seconds off your passive yeah. cooldown, I think is actually a, a pretty big deal. You're so to be able lame. To reset it. Yeah. Another T- tank topside player, Zayo, coming in. Guys. I don't really play tanks so God. very often, to be honest. You, you've just given the spiel about like, you know, tanks before on the dive about yeah. how like, oh, people only play the S tier tanks. There's all these other ones below it. Yeah. Zayo coming up. Guys, Malphite's got a buff. I, I well, like just, your, I I just like your impression of him. I guys. Just, <laughs> guys. <laughs> I just think of, as soon as he said Jace, I'm like, well, Malphite's really good at it. Jace. And then I look at the buffs. It's so. so boring. No. Um, <laughs> do you guys think there's any any chance of of like Zoe the Zoe W change being more impactful? Because you can get your spells uh, from allied minions killing them. I know some people. She's were already like, getting used. So, but like some people were saying, like Ah, Zoe support because you can play you can play Zoe bot and I mean, and you can get the summoner spells and stuff from all yeah. the minions. It's definitely better for for later in the game and for the skirmishes and stuff. So. Uh, she was already getting played, so anytime a champ's already getting played and you get some little buffs like that, easy peasy. Yeah, huge ARAM buff. We'll be talking about those in a second. Don't want to get ahead of myself, though. Kaisa's the other one. I love watching Kaisa when it's not W poke Kaisa is broken. 
and they did do a That's lot of never coming back by the way I, I, it's never coming <laughs> back but it's a lot of ap buffs that they mostly st- slapped on her i don't know if it's enough to push her in the meta but with some of the other 80 changes going on like zary getting hit um yumi getting hit a little bit you know like i would love to see her come back for worlds because there's just something she she has one of those kits where like you land the w you go flying in with your all you you pop your q you stealth yeah. around like she does have really good highs for as a spectator i think so i'm really excited to i hope she comes back I agree, especially like the assassin style where people are like going Gale Force and everything, you know, Gale Force Collector, whatever, and trying to dive back line. Like it is really exciting high moments. Um, when people just pick Kaisa and then go like crack in PD and hit frontline, I'm like, what are you doing? Pick, play something else, yeah. right? Um, but no, I, th- I think it should be pretty exciting. All right, most importantly, ARAM changes. We talk a lot about for pro players. We talk a lot about for solo queue. This had a lot of ARAM changes. How are you guys feeling? You're a big A-rammer, I know. I literally never look at A-ram changes ever. Pog. That's, that's, that's how I feel about it. A-ram changes, uh, you wanted to talk about this. A-ram I'm going to. are just purely based on on the numbers. And it's 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 there's not even like a like high-low, low-low skew or anything. It's just literally whatever the average win rate is for the champion. If it's above 50, they nerf it down a little bit. If it's below 50, they buff it up a little bit. So to me, the A-ram changes aren't really interesting at all. They're, they're interesting in the sense that it's going to be a nightmare to play against more assassins. Just a ton of them got buffs this time around. It was all over the red thread. People were talking about it. LeBlanc up to 20%. Akali got another uh, 5% slapped on there for her damage dealt and damage taken. And uh, it's because a lot of people are terrible. Assassin players at low elo, myself included, when I play Zed on ARAM, I run it. I play against good Zeds. I get absolutely dumpstered. Uh, and yep, now he just deals 10% more. <laughs> already from, from 5% buff to 15%. So like, it's going to be really awkward. I, I personally feel like this is going to be really weird to play against. Yeah. It's like the skill discrepancy of the fact that it's not being balanced for tiers of play is weird to me. I mean, the, it's it's kind of hard to, right? Like yeah. the, re- the reality is because it, because it's ARAM and you just, people just get put on random champions. The average player is terrible at assassins, right? And yeah. so, so assassins always have low win rates. So when you play against competent, competent assassin players on ARAM, they're turbo broken because it's like Akali's dealing 15% extra damage and taking 15% less. And if she does her combo properly without even the bonus damage, she can already one-shot you. And then lots of champions on ARAM take bonus damage. Yeah. So they're doing like... <laughs> Zigs and Timmy. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> like you're, you're taking like 20 to 30% more damage than you would on, on SR. So like champions like Akali literally just hit an E and you die 100 to zero. <laughs> like, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Um, I'm actually... I actually dislike ARAM way more ever since they balanced it at all, to be honest. I think it was better when it was literally your champion is the same as it is in SR. Uh, and I'll, I'll stand by that. I actually think ARAM has gotten way worse ever since they started trying to balance it because I don't Damn. think it does anything. Um, I think most of the changes are bad. And I actually liked, one of the things I liked about ARAM is that it helped me learn team fighting and damage thresholds and stuff. Um, so like I, I had a, I could really kind of know like how much your combo was going to do when you went to SR, whereas you can't do that anymore. The only thing I liked were, there were some <clears throat> changes they put in like decreasing the amount of damage you take at ranges and healing cut things where you like Sona comps and Nidalee comps are not just like instant wins um, because you just get poked out under turret. Those always felt bad for me to play against, but the damage buffs and the damage taken changes feel weird. I'd rather just go back to the reduced healing type yeah. things. I, I kind of honestly think, and then we can just move on because I know Kobe has literally zero interest in this. I've never, um, yeah. I've played like played two a couple ARAM games. With me, I've, yeah. yeah, I've played like two ARAM games a year, so yeah. I think is my quota. Yeah. Um, every, one, every like a hundredth Azale invite I accept. <laughs> That's right. You just have to keep doing it every day. Um, it's like my, my kind of, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but like basically it's always, it's always going to be RNG, which team has a better comp anyway. Right. So maybe individual champions are less OP, but like then team comp matters just as much. So yeah. it's like, I just don't think it matters. I'd rather be the same as SR. So you can actually kind of like learn as you play, but assassin's definitely gonna be super OP on ARAM. All right. Uh, let's jump forward. We got Twitter question here. This one comes from John Skovic or Skovich. I'm not sure. Uh, with Southerner MVP reveal around the corner, who is the best active player who has not won a split MVP award? And in brackets, why is it someday? It's impact. I would I would push for impact probably. I feel like he his like highs are never high enough to get over someone else that split. Even even in all pro sometimes, you know? But over the course of his career, he is 
one of the best players has, of all time. Had closer has closer won a split MVP because he won Finals no. MVP. No, but I don't no, think yeah. he. I, I'm pretty sure he also has. Core, core won an MVP, right? Yep. Yeah. Core, core definitely did. did. Yep. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I would put closer up there as well. What about Vulcan? Did Vulcan be in consideration? Probably. I think I think someday is a good one. I think Impact's a good one. I think Closer's a good one. I mean, Inspired One in EU, so I don't think we can count him. Uh, yeah. I think Vulcan Vulcan's a pretty good one. Vulcan has been a really good sport for a lot of years in the league now. Um, there's probably some other people we're, we're not thinking of. I feel like uh, the AD carry pool is pretty fresh of like good players. Yeah. There's I a think, lot of really good ones who I'm sure I, will pick up an MVP. I can point. say Berserker's probably got one in his future. Even like Danny, you could see one of the splits if he Jojo. just like really goes off. Yeah, there's there's a lot of players I feel like who have it brewing in them. But yeah, I'm not saying them because they're like brand new to the league. Yeah, right? it's not so like it, someone who's been here for five years is always yeah. good. And you're like, yeah, but they're just never winning an MVP. What about Bwipo? I don't think Bwipo has ever won an MVP. He's he's been pretty incredible for his career. I don't think I don't think he ever won that I can recall. Um, maybe I'm forgetting one that he won in EU or something. I don't but like, think he did. I don't think he ever did. And I mean, man, we made world finals, world semis, etc. Like, he's had a pretty incredible career. So it's definitely, I mean, it's hard to win MVPs, right? Yeah. Um, Bjergsen has, that's, has what, three of them? Uh, so that's why I think that was like pretty, pretty incredible. Um, but there's a lot of players, like even if you're just looking through All Pro, almost no one in All Pro has, has won an MVP, right? It's literally just Core, Bjerg, Bjerg and Inspired in EU. I think those are the three out of out of fifteen. So like you can look at a lot of the all pro lists, and those are going to be a lot of the people that come front of mind who haven't won MVP, but maybe should. Yeah, I would put the other names uh, in front, but in front of Bobo. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, thank you for the question, John. Uh, so this last weekend, obviously, we had FlyTL, we had Seal GC Nine. Uh, should we start with FlyTL? We can. I don't know how much there is to say about it. <laughs> Philip had a great game one. <laughs> Incredible game one. The solo kill was great. You'd love to see it. Yeah, they got, they got dismantled <laughs> after that. I mean, it was it was a really exciting start to the series because it was... Um, I mean, uh, upset people, win, basically, yeah. right? Because you think, everyone thinks Team Liquid is going to win the whole series. And yeah. to start with the, with the, basically the FlyQuest upset win was very exciting. And the way that they did it, I think, was also exciting too, right? I don't think anyone was pointing to, oh yeah, like if FlyQuest wins, it's going to be through like Philip just dominating Bupo or whatever, right? Yeah. Like no one was thinking that. Everyone's like, ah, maybe if Takui and, and John, or Jose can like get an edge. Um, so I think the first game was really exciting. Um, and, and I think it's cool to just see another young NA player like have a big moment like that, even though the rest of the series was obviously a bit of a flop. Uh, TL just absolutely dominated the next three games, turbo stomped it. All three of those games felt like, even if they weren't actually over, they were over by like 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Like it was clearly in TL's favor. Um, TL did a really good job with their team play. Like after the first game, you know, even when Philip would get like a matchup that he wanted, Teal did such a good job playing around Blippo and finding dives and like picking him off every time he's in side lanes and stuff. Like they just played so well as a squad uh, that it was extremely dominant. And Hans obviously had had an amazing series as well. Yeah, uh, and you could tell too with just the the vision on the map. Like if you just watch this like time lapse of of like fog of war moving across for the last three games it was just like it would move side to side team liquid constantly just blacking out an area of the map boom they take the dragon boom they take the baron boom they pick someone off on the side lane and it's just like um yeah massive massive it's like control. planet earth when they do the time lapses of something yeah. growing it's, it's just like, the vision <laughs> like growing and overtaking yeah. fly quest yeah that was a the question i have coming out of it because it was like, okay, TL slammed most, almost all three lanes. It was like no one lost. Like, Bjerg had a great series. We didn't even talk about him. He was, I think he died like once in the last three games. Maybe not at all. Had like 100% KP. He was all over the map. Does this change your perception of Team Liquid at all moving forward in playoffs, though? Not for me, no. That's kind of how I feel, too. And I, it's, I feel like it makes us sound pessimistic about them but the problem was never that Team Liquid couldn't get leads we talked endlessly about how they're the best early game team week 8 4k lead at like 15 minutes over 100 thieves they throw that and FlyQuest is not 100 thieves they're not EG they're not the, the teams that TL's kind of trying to push through to get into the, the number one spot so like I never doubted that they could get massive leads and turbo stomp people below them in the standings um, it was nice to see that they didn't 
stall out when they had those huge leads, but game one was still kind of like, they just never really got rolling and yeah. just fell apart. And maybe there was just like nerves first day on playoffs, you know, like whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't chalk it up to too much, but it didn't feel like they showed something new where like, I'm still waiting for the game where it's like, even at 20 minutes and they make good plays from there in 5v5 situations to win the game because that's what we, has been their struggle all split long. Yeah, I mean, I think, they it's it's hard for them to do like much more. Yeah, they had the bad game one, but like in this series, it was like they it's harder hard to stomp these games more so than they did. It's right? funny like, that like a less stompy would have convinced me more. Maybe like a three oh, really? zero where like FlyQuest puts up a fight in the first twenty and then they win versus yeah. you know like it wouldn't have for me because I was already like I know we had this discussion a couple weeks ago, but I was already much more negative on FlyQuest than you guys were. Mm-hmm. You guys thought they were kind of like in that grouping that you know below the top, but like with with uh, the the CLG and C9. Yeah, but you guys were saying that they were kind of on the same tier as those other uh, three, four, five teams, and I was saying I thought that FlyQuest is a tier below everyone else, like they're with like the seven, eight. Um, so to me, it like if they if they were competitive and and pulled out some late game team fights, that wouldn't have been a positive um, from my my point of view, but. Overall, it doesn't really like them stomping FlyQuest doesn't convince me that they are going to be great against EG or, or, or 100 Thieves or anything because I did think FlyQuest was like down towards the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I'm still predicting 100 Thieves uh, over Team Liquid. Spoilers. We have that for we have the look ahead. <laughs> All right, Seal GC9. Uh, that was a really fun series. That was actually so uh, so bloody, really, really action-packed, back and forth. I actually loved that series. And I felt really bad for CLG because I think... Because they threw the game? Yeah. Twice? <laughs> Many more, multiple times? <laughs> Three times. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's fair to say or not, but I think on average, they probably played better, a little bit better, maybe? I don't know. Like, well, I it, think it was, it's it was unfair to say that because on average, Cloud9 won the series. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> so I would like, say the average would be Cloud9 played better. Yeah. But it was like, I guess they, they were, should I, is it fair to say that they had more winning positions? I think so. Where and it was I, like more in their hands. It's an age-old debate in League of Legends. The most famous example of this was G2 versus T1. Um, I think it was 2020 Worlds. I could be wrong on the, the exact matchup because they played a bunch of times over those years. But there was one where T1 was winning almost every early game and then would lose through like getting out macroed or like would into Baron or something. Yep. And I think it was Vettius said something like, you know, T1 outplayed them but lost the series and people lost their minds, you know? Uh-huh. But like, I do think there's some truth to a team getting advantages, playing well for 20 minutes or something like that, and then like mm-hmm. inting the Baron, and that will cost you more this, than the 20 minutes that you did beforehand. Yeah, this is like the the Rek'Sai player mentality arguments of like, <laughs> man, I did, I've been working for 20 minutes to get this big early lead, and then this, you know, carry that I've been camping for just threw the game away in one giant Baron play, and now we lose. Great! <laughs> like, that, I relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm right yeah. there with you. I mean, I definitely, I definitely don't want to say that, like, oh, they deserve to win or anything like that but i think saying they had more winning positions it seems feels fair right where it's it's and to me like i would kind Mm -hmm. of define that as it's like it's their choices that led to the the victory or defeat more so than cloud nines in in more often in that series right like the baron moment is definitely the biggest one um but in the final game as well there was there were some moments i felt like where they kind of like opted into situations that really ended up costing them um mm-hmm. c9 c9 played a great series too and this isn't this isn't a distraction for them but it just felt like this is i was trying to think about like Man, this would hurt so much if I was on CLG and lost this series because yeah. there's it's so easy to think that they just had to change a couple things independent of what Cloud9 was doing and th- that they would have won. And it would have been a big deal. Like CLG hasn't won a best of five a playoff series since 2019. Um, so it, it was a long time coming. There was tons of, of really rowdy fans, you know, for both CLG and C9. So like the atmosphere was amazing. Our producer, Elias, who's a big CLG fan, he was there. Um, and he was saying that like the atmosphere in the crowd was really, really awesome. That like he was cheering for CLG, but was, there was a bunch of Cloud9 fans around him. So like when something would go bad, they're kind of laughing at him, whatever. And something would go good, they'd be like patting him on the back, like, oh, congrats, buddy. And, you know, so it just seemed like a really cool atmosphere. And it's, it's definitely one that I think is really going to sting for CLG. I see where your argument comes from, I, you know, in a, like a competitive, close, like best of five like that. But I do think it takes a, it, it, it takes away and doesn't give enough credit to Cloud9 um, for the series. Uh, especially like remembering that Sven is just a... a very fresh roll swap over to support. I thought he he had some really, really big moments. Um, 
creating these openings that for Cloud9. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, I would... Cloud9 I'm not going to predict... I'm obviously not going to predict them over Evil Geniuses. <laughs> um, but I, I do think uh, I do think Cloud9, uh, you know, create created their own, manufactured their own win. It wasn't like, uh, oh, this is handed to you. No, no, it's just, just like, I, I'm just saying, I think that like, there was more opportunities for CLG, it felt like, to close it out than there were for C9. C9 played great, and and they fully deserved it, and they're you know were super super exciting. I think you know their their bot lane played really well. Um, I think you know Blabber had a, had a really solid series. Like overall, it was like a big team effort. Um, so it was really really fun to actually just watch. Like it just felt very evenly matched, and, and I think that was what was the most exciting about it is that you can't really tell who was going to win. Yeah, like I would I would be <laughs> oh my god I would be so down to watch another best oh, of five of these right. guys, and I think there's a reasonable chance that Cloud Nine gets knocked down to the lower bracket, CLG makes a run in the lower bracket, and we get a rematch. When like, we were when we were up there casting, I'd be like, oh, like this, jumping up and down, and I'd be on the ground, like you know, five <laughs> minutes later or. Whatever. Beautiful position. Uh, there were so many, so many things to review in that in that series. I would. I say. mean, not least of all, starting on red side, blue side won every game that series. You talk about the two in-game throws, but like, I, I understand why CLG thought they should start red side because they had a better win rate on red side over the course of the regular season, and they do feel like a red side team where they use these counter picks and flex picks very well. But turned out, blue side was more important. <laughs> I mean, they also. Did the like testing game one of Callista just got nerfed? We'll leave Callista up. Bad test. Every, every we'll take Renato away. Even it's scientific method. Okay, they're gaining some data here. Um, for the all, entirety of the previous patch, Callista is permanent, and of course, especially against Berserker, right? But the, that nerf actually hit Callista in solo queue like two percent win rate, which is pretty significant. Um, and so they, they tried that test and that test came back negative. <laughs> yeah, that plus like I, you can so see that was a big one. They're like, we took the Renato away. This that's like her best laning partner. And Sven's like, give me Ash. And it was like, oh, shit. which was so cool. That was, I think that's what contributed also to a lot of how cool this series was yeah. were the picks. Yeah. Interesting picks. And it was interesting picks from both sides. Cloud9, Sven had this Ash, uh, Hail of Blades, uh, aggressive, <laughs> tower diving support Ash uh, pick. And then and, and CLG had their, you know, double assassin solo laners picks and stuff like that. Uh, and so it was really cool to see in a best of five, you know, the champion selects go back and forth and have that many differences uh, in it as well. I think... That that just makes series infinitely more yeah. interesting and and exciting. I mean, pick Pikmin in general was really interesting because it felt like very little meta banning and like a lot of just like target banning players, mm -hmm. right? Like um, clearly CLG's read was that Zven is is only good on enchanters or like at least those are clearly his best champions. So they were banning out you know Lulus and and the, and the Yumi's like all the time and things like that and leaving up you know Zier more commonly. We were seeing like Seraphine and Draven get banned out. We saw Yone get banned out after that, right? Like things that aren't always banned we're getting you know kind of target banned against some of these players which um i think is really interesting we also saw the evolution of like vibe becoming less and less kind of prio right because it, it went pretty bad usually when vibe <laughs> was actually getting picked juan came in at discord and he was like i hate playing vibe why am i playing vibe all the time do yeah. a champion yeah. um yeah the especially i think teams also just getting better at countering you know all in uh yeah you know, dive yeah. uh champions and stuff like that um, I would say, I think, yeah, that's something Cloud9 do deserve credit, though, is uh, 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 there are a bunch of the changes on the new patch for playoffs that they adapted to quicker, especially the Kennen, because uh, yeah. Kennen got buffed um, on this patch as well, and that became something they had to they had to keep banning, even after the game where they had three exhausts, and they did double exhaust the Kennen in the same team fight, and there was a visual bug that the second one didn't keep showing the duration, okay. um, but they checked it afterwards. And the team fight in mid, where there was an exhaust on them, and it looks like it times out, they actually put the other exhaust on, and it and they had it both exhausts, and, and they yeah. still did so much damage. Um, and so then they're like, okay, we got to be. Yeah, they're like, all right, we don't want to play into that. And then like, there are so many like little things over the course of the series that made each game interesting like the silas amumu interaction with the zonias and then like you know you get to 16 <laughs> and the cooldown on silas all becomes like 20 seconds and then it's like wait you're burning you're burning your like 90 second zonia to stop him from stealing your alt and then they just hang out at dragon until he can steal it again like he's th and then he made by, by the very end of the games van stopped using zonia to <laughs> yeah. try and deny it because yeah it, it only puts silas ult 
uh, when it's denied on a few second cooldown. Yeah, it, it was really cool to see all the little adaptations game after game. And then yep. like the, the, the final thing was just Berserker was kind of the time bomb of like, can you stop him? Because it felt like in any fight where he was not killed immediately by CLG, he took over the fight in a lot, a lot of late game fights. And the final one where he's just like Lulu'd up, he's this giant saver going melee range against Gwen, just like hucking boomerangs. Like, mm -hmm. God, he's so fun to watch. I, I, I hope he stays for a really long time. Me too. I, I love watching him play. He's an absolute team fight monster. And I mean, Sivir is obviously really good in late game and he's playing Ghost Sivir, which can really like create those highlight moments. But yeah, especially game five, because that was the only time Cena actually got an enchanter. Then you can really go wild. So that was really exciting. But um, I'm, I'm very interested to see if more teams are going to bring out the support Ash or if C9 is going to continue to try to bring it out. Uh, because one game we saw it look super useless where contracts shut it down very, very early when they were playing against the Draven game and he like just flashed over the wall behind them and, and got that early kill and then it kind of fell apart. But the first game, uh, even though, you know, everyone was talking about uh, Berserker's uh, Callista and he had, I don't know what it was, like seven kills, eight kills. He got kills. a ton of kills, yeah. He was seven, two, and seven, right? Zven actually did more damage than him in that game. And yes, there is volley poke. Like, that's obviously a real thing. But like, he was going off in that game, man. He was like 1v2 early in the lane, gets the solo kill. Um, he was doing really, really well. So we got to see like kind of both sides of the coin with the support Ash. We got to see the really good game. And we got to see what it looks like when you're behind because that game is so useless. Just... Uh, firing uh, ash arrows from fog from across the map and stuff, just praying you hit something in that second game. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this series kind of like affects the meta going into this weekend. All right, looking ahead at the lower brackets, we got a question here from Queenera2. Do you think any of these lower bracket teams like TSM or Golden Guardians have a chance against CLG and FlyQuest? Well, Golden Guardians, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I think CLG, even though they didn't win that series, to Zale's point, I think they proved that they were not just a flash-in-the-pan, best-of-one regular season team. I already knew that. I mean, I, I think a lot of us <laughs> knew it, but like it was good. Even though they didn't win the series, which I think is like the ultimate proof, anyone should believe in them now. And going up against Golden Guardians, who last we saw, not super impressive, so... I one and feel it there. Yeah, they went one and eight in their second round robin. Um, only one win with River. And, and their only, only game, win was against Dig. Yeah. And, and they were actually losing that game the whole time. And Dig got Elder, Baron, and Soul. So it and, uh, and the most comical story and still lost. So that's a roughie. I playoff it, momentum. Unless unless Golden Guardians changes something enormously or like really figure something out. Wait, like. I, Letting their GM go? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, oh. did that. Uh, I can't see it being a competitive series. I think I think CLG is going to 3-0 Golden Guardians, and I don't think it'll be close. I actually think TSM FlyQuest could be close. But I don't know how you guys feel about this, because I know you guys are, are, are a bit more on the FlyQuest train. But I already felt like FlyQuest was more on a tier with, with TSM than they were with, with TL. Um, so I think this one could actually be pretty competitive. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if TSM won. I don't know that I would predict them, um, but I think this one's pretty darn close. No, I think, I think that's definitely the competitive uh, matchup of the two is FlyQuest TSM. Um, I, I, I do have still have the confidence in FlyQuest, even after getting stomped and, and steamrolled by Team Liquid. Team Liquid have the, have had the best early game of any team in the LCS. All split long. By a lot. Even before, you know, playoffs. So, um, you know, they've, they've done that to a lot of teams, TSM included as well. So uh, I think actually taking, in, taking the grain of the first game and, and, and the positives there, plus the fact that they just beat TSM in the last weekend of LCS as well, does give you the feeling of like, okay, they are still... The, um, you know, favorites to win this series. I, I'm still, I wouldn't say like hot on fly, but I think Team Liquid is as bad of a direct matchup as you could <laughs> probably get, or like in theory, where FlyQuest is not a great early game team. They're actually negative. They were like negative 200 or something. They, they're more about like how they work as a team. Johnson plays scaling picks. Philip gets a lot of counter picks. Whippo gets a lot of counter picks. You know, you want to go for like a scaling bot lane where, you know, Johnson's on Twitch or Sivir or, or, Zeri or something, guess what? Kor and Hans absolutely dumpster their lane. Takoy is your ace in the hole who has good team fighting. Guess what? Bjerg's probably the best team fighting in, uh, mid laner in the league. Like I think, in theory, that's just a terrible matchup for, for FlyQuest. I don't know how they ever win that. In team. practice, it was also a terrible yeah. matchup. In practice, when <laughs> Team Liquid's not playing weird in game one, it's a terrible matchup. And that's just not TSM at all. TSM is weak side 
Orns and tanks in the top lane. They're not counterpicking Philip the way Blippo and Philip are going to trade counterpicks. Their bot lane is not dominant. Uh, Chime mostly roams, like his best plays are roaming, not smurfing on lane. You know, like Spica and Maple are, are your biggest concern. Um, but like just the matchup is so different that like it's not like they can just copy Team Liquid's blueprint of like, yeah, just slam all three lanes. That's how we play. So yeah. I'm not I'm not actually as worried for FlyQuest. Um, but TSM has been ramping up. And I don't think that they necessarily hit their peak in the regular season. So there's a chance that these two weeks that they've had to prep, uh, they come out with some stuff. They have had, they have made the lower bracket run before as well. They've got the, they've got the hope. Yeah, I mean, TSM went uh, three and three in their last six, uh, which is not like insane, but it's it's decent, right? They beat CLG. Yep. Uh, they beat CLG, and they beat Dig, and they beat Golden Guardians. So the later two like aren't super, super uh, impressive wins. Um, you know, teams below them in the standings, but they did at least take down CLG. Uh, they were pretty competitive in some of their other games. I do think Solo, obviously, was an upgrade for, for like the immediate um, kind of time. And I think that, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about the, the FlyQuest matchup, it'll be interesting because it's like, Philip is known as as like an Aatrox guy, obviously, right? Like that's one of his champions um, that he's, he's best at, if not his best champion. And if Solo is going to play tanks, I think Aatrox is probably just going to be banned every game because Aatrox has really good tank matchups and he'd be happy to play those. So I'm curious to see what else he would bring out. Like, is it going to be, you know, like just Camille's or is it going to be like Fiora? Is he going to go like actually really aggressive? And that's kind of their their game plan. I'm, I'm most interested to see like what what they really want to bring to the table for this series. Um, because yeah, obviously it's not it's not a comparable opponent to TL, right? It's going to be much easier in the early game. Um, they're going to have a lot more chances. I think if TSM win, they're going to win through Spica and they're going to have, you know, Maple playing for Spica and jungle domination. Um early like speaker has had some games where he has really snowballed so i think if they do have a path to win the series it'll be something like that big agree rely on bottom lane later maybe yeah and i solo's been really good about setting up ganks for his team and even getting some solo kills against people who are playing into his orn and they're like oh i got the skill matchup i got the the carry and then he just like bonk yeah so uh philip will still be tested even if he's not playing like counterpick versus counterpick crazy matchup kind of thing. Yeah, but it's obviously a much better matchup for, for FlyQuest. I mean, I think Takui has been really solid. Uh, I didn't have him at my all pro, but he's definitely up near the top. No one mm-hmm. was talking about Maple at all. Um, so I do think that there's there's windows for them to get like serious opp- opportunities there. And I think their bot lane is for sure a lot a lot better. Um, okay. I think Instinct is probably the weakest, weakest bot laner in the LCS right now. If Golden Guardians win, how do they do it? Do you want to do your uh, the Fly CSM predictions first? Uh, three... Two. Three, three, one fly quest. Three, yeah, two. I can go three, one fly quest, I guess. I thought you were a hater. What are you doing? Why is well, it? I mean, I, I, three, two. I, I could see TSM winning, but I don't actually think it's going to happen. The more I think about it, I just like the individual matchups almost all the way down down the line for, for fly, uh, which I think makes it hard to see how, how TSM would win. But maybe TSM will take over in jungle. Okay. More so. difficult question. <laughs> CLG, Golden Guardians. Yeah. How would they win? Oh, <laughs> that's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> you don't even have a single player, I feel like, where you can be like, that guy's playing good. And if they enable him, that guy takes over. Like, Oplays Olive has been struggling. River has not found his footing on this team. Yeah. Licorice has been struggling. I actually think Stixay is maybe their best player right now. Yeah, him or Ole, I guess, if he gets one of his weird support matches. Because they've had, they've had some drafts that win for them, you know? Like, maybe, so maybe it's... bottom lane. Draft diffs. Draft uh, Enchanter and Hyper Carry? Is that what you're telling me? It's usually like weird, like, Mundo Sejuani things, though. It's like yeah, a playmaker. Yeah, the Senna stuff is kind of good. Yeah. Um, they do, where they do the Senna farming, farming bot lane. Um, it is tough. I mean... It, but are you going to carry a game like that? I don't know. I, I think they have to draft diff him because I don't think it's coming from play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it's a, in the in the past I would always have pointed to Licorice, but Licorice really has not been been like consistent at all. Like he still has his moments of brilliance, but like I just I can't see Licorice being the reason that they win this series, right? Yeah. Like winning three three. Well, I got three zero CLG also. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm three zero for sure okay. for CLG. Um, if they were to win a game, like I don't know. I mean. The, the bright side of this is that they got River and now they've actually had some time to prep with him, right? Because he came over, they immediately started playing, things were going bad. Um, so you have to hope that they've really figured some stuff out during their downtime and maybe kind of got more on the same page um, because River at his best like was super explosive and maybe could make something happen. But this one seems like really, really lopsided based on how poorly Golden Guardians was playing and how close CLG was actually to beating Cloud9. 
All right, now we move to the upper bracket, the juicy ones. 100 Thieves versus Team Liquid. Oh, All right, Mr. Mr. Bjergsen voter, are you going to go for Team Liquid? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think I'm probably probably still on the 100 Thieves side. I mean, like, I voted for Bjergsen. Yeah, a lot of people did. He was, he was second team all pro. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I I still like even when I, even voting Bjergsen for for All Pro, I still talked a lot about how I thought Abadago was the best mid laner in the league in the second half, right? Like to me, and, and I put him on my All Pro as well. Um, so I I think that Abadago is like until proven otherwise the like current best mid laner in the league. Um, I thought he had been really really good down the stretch. So I, I do do kind of give them the the edge there. Um, I mean, Hundred Thieves has just been really really solid overall throughout the whole split. And I do think it's concerning, like you were talking about earlier, Mark, just for, for TL. Like, can you depend on getting these massive early game advantages against 100 Thieves and, and like closing it out every time, right? Because we've seen them throw those games. We've seen them not be that consistent. And 100 Thieves can have a really strong early game themselves. So like, I don't think that you're guaranteed to create these monumental advantages, uh, which does kind of make it tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm more on the 100 Thieves side for sure. We're all 100 Thieves then. Because Hundred Thieves also beat them both times in the regular season. Uh, I think I think Hundred Thieves are and they um, beat them in spring playoffs. Favored, but I've talked to a lot of people um, on the G Four show we did. Frost and Dash both predicted Team Liquid to win. So I, I forget who said it. I think it was one of the Hundred Thieves players I heard the first time where they're like, "Yeah, we're like seventeen and." or something 17 and 10 I don't remember what it is some insane win rate versus Team Liquid and yet every time Team Liquid comes in and people are like I'm kind of feeling Team Liquid right now you know like I heard some good things about their scrims <laughs> they looked really good just before this and then <laughs> I like that you're like hmm yeah I'm, I'm feeling so, some Team somehow Liquid somehow people get like a whiff of something about Team Liquid what's they're that like, I smell am I tasting something yeah they're like <laughs> I guess I'll vote Team Liquid <laughs> and then next thing you know 100 Thieves win again yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm is it really that extreme I forget what I the think with is. this roster, because if you just cut off with this yeah, hundred it, these yeah, roster, then that cuts off like the beginning, you know, their first finals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when, uh, when so I, closer joined. 100 yeah, games. I wouldn't actually be surprised if the cutoff being this current roster of hundred thieves, they had a really good win rate. Yeah. So, I I am favoring hundred thieves. I've heard Team Liquid is incredible in scrims as they've been all year long. I just don't think it's going to matter because 100 Thieves are so good as a team. So they I I just want to interject because you just reminded me. Uh, I heard from multiple players that they thought that Team Liquid was not better than either Cloud9 or CLG. Really? Mm. I, well, I've heard some interesting things about EG too when we get there. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll hold off on We've that. Heard, there's a lot of spice flying around hey, right now. Scrims, Every, so everybody's getting hyped off of scrims, basically, is what's yeah. happened. They're, they're getting big puffed up chests off these scrims. And they're like, you know what? They're trash. They're trash. We're sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think Hunter Thieves, though, they, they only dropped one game in the last, like, two months. It's going back to July 17th, month and a half. Mm. They, they dropped the one game to FlyQuest in the final week, but other than that, hadn't lost until you go back to, uh, or excuse me, the 16th, where they lost to FlyQuest again. <laughs> I think they were undefeated in, uh, except for that. So they've been on a huge tear as they always seem mm -hmm. to go on the, f the end of the regular season when they buckle down. And I think it's going to stay that way. I don't think that Team Liquid has the massive advantages that they they had against FlyQuest. Like, if 100 Thieves want it, yeah, they can pick Senna Seraphine and go scaling and, like, annoying and make a crazy ball comp, or they can go Lucian Nami and actually, like, contest you in the wave and whatnot. So, I feel like they have a lot more depth to their play. Um, so, for sure, stat was really wrong, because I'm already looking back, and even just to the start of summer last year, they would have been eight and six, including this year and last year's playoffs when they lost two, three to them. Cause they also went, they won three, two in spring playoffs. They lost three, two last split. They won two Oh in regular season and in the regular season in summer. So that brings 10, six and then I haven't gotten to spring yet, but at least it's, it's more competitive than you're saying. Mm. Well, we got to include spring. Good job. Investigator. Well, you said, you 10, said, six. you said 14, four or 14, three. I, I, or that something. one's wrong. I forget what it was. It's 17, 10. I forget. <laughs> okay. it, was, it was some number. Anyway, I'm just saying like, <laughs> it, it's for sure not nearly as dominant. Mm. Like, over the last two playoff series, 
that so in spring, Hunter Thieves won three two. In summer, TL won three two. Right. So their their playoff series have been very close. So it's not like ah hundred percent of the time TL always loses and the buffoons always just pick TL. Right. So um, I just wanted to at least get that out because it does seem like I could have been lied to too. I didn't yeah. fact check it. Yeah, I'm curious to go back to spring now and see. That's like, why I only said these two regular season games, both of them, hundred these one. I mean, I we'll, we'll have to figure it out by broadcast. Someone by then will have actually looked it up, but it's not going to be me. <laughs> Ten seven. So, uh, in, including spring, and I'm not looking at lock-ins and everything. It would be like eleven seven or something. I think yeah. if you include lock-ins, it goes up even more because they. I, I don't think they really even play. They didn't play this lock-in. Not, not they this played lock-in. one game last. So it's twelve seven if you include last year's lock-in over last year's. So twelve and seven for hundred thieves. So good. Um, and both and one one playoff series apiece, three two both ways. I think it's gonna be really really close. I think this is the rivalry in the LCS and has been for for the last couple of years. Um, this is like way bigger and then, you know, it used to always be about still GTSM. It's it's 100 Thieves TL now. These teams also, the banter gets a little bit spicy, I gotta say, in some of the free game lobbies and stuff. Between the players, yeah. yeah. Um, and on Twitter, online. Yeah, and, and it, it's like so, a lot of times when the players are bantering in the free game chat, it feels very like haha lighthearted. Peak, yeah. Sometimes I'm gonna say it does not feel that way in in these, and like it feels like there's a little bit of like you're you're kind of laughing while you're saying it, but you're like I fucking hate you, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean. It's just just kidding, but like you're terrible. I'm gonna smash you. Um, there's a little there's a little bit of something to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I remember it was really funny. Um, in the final game of the season, you know, they're kind of bantering a bit and like someone on TL is like, ah, oh, you guys are ready for a long day? You know, basically if we're going to be you in the first tiebreaker, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like hundreds of these are like, it, it's, it's ending right now. Like you guys are losing, you know, like it's just, it's just, I like it, right? There's a little bit of heat to the rivalry. Um, so I think it's going to be a really good one. I still am a little bit on the hundred thieves side, but I think, I think this is probably a three, two. I think it's, it's absolutely reasonable to think that TL could win. Um, you know, considering how close their series was in spring, considering how close there was, it was last year in summer, obviously different TL roster, uh, and, and TL, if they've improved a little bit, it might be enough to push them over the edge. I do think that they looked really good against FlyQuest, albeit against the worst opponent, but um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really, really exciting series. Yeah. I'm hyped. This one's going to be a banger. Predictions? I'm going th- I'm going to go 3-2 uh, 100 Thieves. I do think 100 Thieves, is, is they're just a, a more solid all-around team. Yeah, I mean, we're all predicting 100 Thieves. Yeah. It's just a game score. I also think 3-2. I might flip it by uh time the actual predictions roll around just to make the graphic look more... You Dude, think everyone's I, gonna be hundred thieves side. I I don't think it's that close. I mean, I would be totally comfortable predicting TL. Like, I think this is pretty close. But I I just because I think TL has a worse late game, which does hurt them. I don't think they're gonna be able to create big enough leads in all the games to be yeah. able to just run I mean, over. I, I'm with you, but I also I don't know. It feels like anytime it starts going one way too hard, gotta be careful. Yep. Like the FlyQuest <laughs> series, was it you? It was you who was calling out the analyst desk on the FlyQuest series, right? For everyone oh, yeah, predicting Team Liquid, because he also I, predicted the. I didn't call out the analyst desk. I said on the analyst desk, I hope we show the predictions graphic oh. because it's all of the Team Liquid uh, predictions. Yeah, I'm included in that. I didn't say the analyst desk. <laughs> I think it was kind of more like, oh, all the analysts thought that they were going to get. Stuff. No, I, would, I did I would not go back and I yeah, no, please go back and look I'm at it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. sure. Was, it like, was like all, all these, these all, analysts. All these analysts predicted FlyQuest. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys are bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I need to go back because they were. They seemed pretty salty about it when it went to the desk. I know they did, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I want you to pull up the the graphic Check that the shows all. Someone's got to that shows yeah. all these predictions. <laughs> I need to make another edit if it's if if he threw if he tried to throw them under the bus. I need to see. I need to make another edit. I love editing. Maybe yeah, unintentionally, pull, but I do think that the I specifically said pull up the graphic because the graphic is all team liquid and like, it's an upset for FlyQuest. I liked yours then edit by the way. That was a banger. <laughs> it was so funny because it was such a great interview pro to pro. It was like 10 minutes long and he was just like giving really in-depth answers all the time. Yeah. And he kept asking hi to pause because he had so much to say. But yeah. like it was so funny to find an edit where you just make him look like the biggest a-hole possible <laughs> where he's like interrupting high, throwing berserker under the bus, like just hyping himself up. Uh that's really funny. Yeah, that was a good one though. Uh, th- that was yeah, definitely a proto pro worth watching. All right, now that we know that Kobe hates the analysts, uh, we can move on to EGC nine. So you're hundred thieves as well. Did you say your game score? I said no, I didn't. Uh, three two hundred thieves, and I'll flip if I need to. Okay, there you go. So you're three two both ways. I'm three two. Yep. Super position. 
All right, EGC9, uh, we got a question here. This one comes from After IG Gaming or iGaming. Um, after Berserker's performance against CLG, he seemed to be a top performer in the team fights. Can you can he make up the make up the difference to overcome Danny and EG? If not, what does C9 do uh, need to do to give them the best chance at winning? Hmm. I don't think that Berserker is a better team fighter than Danny, personally. I think I think Danny is the best team fighting marksman in the league. Um you can you can definitely make arguments that it's like EG enables him better and that's why he looks better. But like saying that the way that C9 needs to beat um, EG is Berserker needs to be a better team fighter than Danny. I just like I don't see that as a big way in because I don't think that there is like a gap there. Berserker is incredibly like incredible mechanical AD carry, but like Danny is the team fight guy, right? Like that is his his stuff and EG enables him so well. So. Um, I don't think that Berserker is going to perform better, even if it is like a team diff thing or whatever, but I don't think he's going to perform better in team fights. I think a way to frame it for me that makes sense would say that Berserker's so good that he gives Cloud9 a way in because he's not outmatched by Danny in late game. Yeah, I can see that. I, I like that more. Yeah, so like because Berserker you can count on to basically probably play as well as Danny over the course of the series, most likely, you know, we'll see. But like the question then becomes like who needs to step up to make it so that that becomes the case. Because I, yeah. I feel like the idea that like, you always have Berserker in your back pocket, he's going to play really well in team fights. Who else needs to step up? That, that And for me, it's probably Blabber and... Uh, I don't know what they say. It's kind of like everyone. Yeah. So so I was about to say in the entire top really side of the map. Hard. Yeah. Because it, it feels like inspired so good. He works with his laner so well. That he runs over the games. The reason he's the MVP front runner in everyone's minds. You know, like you have to slow him down and you don't just do that by being like, get in there, blabber, <laughs> you know, and the entire team needs to play better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, EG has, is by far the best team fighting team in the league. They have, have been for, you know, like for a while now. Um, and they enabled Danny so well. And Danny is truly exceptional and, and team fights, right? Like um, when you're, when you're looking at like his DPM stats and like they, he gets so much out of every bit of gold that they give him uh, in these team fights and they funnel him gold, right? They put him in these winning positions. And I think in particular, uh, Impact and Inspired play around him so well in 5v5. Like they always are playing that limit and creating space. Like if Danny gets hard engaged on, they are pushing back the enemy carries like every single time it feels like, you know, and doing such a good job of that. So it is really, really difficult. I think that, you know, theoretically, uh, you could you could see, you know, Berserker like competing in the team fights and like C9 winning in that way or whatever. But um, C9 have had way more like errors and way more holes in their game than I think EG do. EG have been like super, super consistent. I think, you know, Impact is like absolutely a rock on the top side. Inspired has been by far the best jungler all year long. Um, I do think that, like Vulcan is also, I think, by far the best support uh, as far as like consistency. Like I think Sven is really good, um, but Sven, Sven is, has not been nearly as consistent, I think, as Vulcan. I don't think any supports have been. So it is it is difficult to see a way in. I'm pretty like EG favored on, on basically every matchup right now. But at the very least, C9 is one of the teams that are willing to take some kind of crazy swings. And I think that can be a good way to actually like, you know, come, come in and try to try to upset a team like this. So one other thing, is the rumor that EG sucks in scrims right now. That one, I think I've heard from one source, and then also Fudge on Twitter, or I guess a Travis interview with Fudge that he put out, was that they think that they were smashing EG, EG's not good, and that... Was that a meme, though? I couldn't tell. Fudge was both kind of memeing and also very serious. Yeah, that that's hard. I, I watched I watched that interview as well. I kind of took it as he was memeing, but I I guess it, it's it's like it is hard to tell, right? Because um, wasn't that kind of like a prompted question? Didn't Travis kind of like ask him like, oh, like what can you say to like give us hope or something remember. like that? I thought it was something along those lines. Yeah, but I also thought I heard something else. Like I said, behind the scenes, that made me I couldn't tell again if it was like memes or if people were just like having fun saying this stuff or if it was really like or VG is doing really poorly in practice. Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I, I'm personally really excited for this for this matchup. I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think that C9 is a team that'll just like go down without a fight type thing. Um, so I, I'm interested to see like how much they will will have kind of prepared for EG. Um, but EG are so rock solid all around um, that I, I do think they're like heavily, heavily favored. I think EG are heavily favored to win the whole thing. Um, so that's not really going to change like massively here. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see 
like what C9 can, can bring out. Because C9, we know, has incredibly high highs, right? Like if, if Blabber can be performing at his best, if, you know, Jensen and Fudge are performing at their best, like I think Berserker has been like pretty, dumb, pretty damn consistent. Um, and we also got to see like the Ash support and things like that. So like maybe there's ways that they can kind of take advantage of the EG bot lane that they're not necessarily like thinking of or considering. Um, it was also see, interesting seeing uh, Jensen Zillion get banned a number of times. I think it was banned at least twice in that last series. So in game one, I think got banned. And then in one of the later games, when I think that uh, C9 needed an AD jungler, they also banned it, which I kind of saw as like, oh, it's like a kindred ban too. Uh, so it, it'll be cool to see if they if they like... The boomer champs to, yeah. to throw the zoomer off with the Nivea. He also had that earlier in the regular season too. Yeah. Yeah. Jensen's got a champ pool diff. I, I think Cloud9's angle is, and that's what's one of the exciting things in the CLG matchup, is the champ select coming into this. Because they have been very creative and they have an early handle on this playoff patch. So... Uh, I think that's their their way in. I mean, yeah, EG beat them both times in the in the regular season, but um, I still think it's going to be a hype matchup. For sure. Uh, well, this episode is going to come out at a, at a bit of a different time. So PSA on that. Uh, next week will also come out at a bit of a different time um, because we have Thursday and Friday playoff matches. Uh, this episode is going to come out as soon as they're done editing it. This is Wednesday morning. We're recording it now. So maybe it'll come out Tonight? Today, tonight, not sure. It depends on, on how the, the upload goes. Next weekend, we're, well, I guess this weekend, we're actually recording after Sunday's games, we're going to record the dive uh, right away um, because we can't record it at a normal time. The studio, I think, is, is taken or something. Um, so that one will also come out early. I think it's going to come out like Tuesday or something like that. Um, so we'll be coming out at a bit of a time. So definitely watch out for, for the dive releases. You can obviously find it on, on the YouTube channel and we'll be tweeting about it as well when it comes out. Yep. So stay tuned. Hopefully you can watch these before the, the series come out. And if not, you can watch them and see Hindsight <laughs> if, we, if we were right or wrong about some of these series. Uh, do you guys want to give your numbers for the EGC9? 3-0 EG. 3-0? I don't know. Maybe really? I'll go 3-1. I'm going to yeah. go 3-1 as well. I, I give C9 a game. 3-0. 3-0. All right. <laughs> well, that'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of The Dive. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Keep sending us your questions. Thank you for everyone who sent in their questions uh, this morning to Kobe's tweet. Uh, and use the hashtag DiveLOL, the Dive LOL. Uh, that's how we can actually scan for a lot of these questions. So uh, if you have questions you want to send us throughout the week, it doesn't need to be a response to a tweet or anything like that. Uh, we do definitely appreciate hearing from everyone and we appreciate um, all the feedback we got for the divies last week lcs continues thursday at 1 p.m is when the first game is going to kick off flyquest versus tsm four playoff matches this week we'll see you there